Today's podcast is brought to you by Vivo Barefoot. When I'm not running, I wear Vivo Barefoots 100% of the time. I've noticed a significant increase in foot strength from wearing Vivo's wide selection of shoes since trying them out for the first time this past winter. I used to get foot injuries like plantar fasciitis frequently and Achilles tendonitis, but since wearing Vivo Barefoots, my feet have never been more strong and I haven't experienced any foot or lower leg injuries since then. Studies show that foot strength increases by up to 60% within a few months of wearing Vivo Barefoots and this is why it is my go-to shoe when I'm not running. Vivo Barefoot makes a wide array of shoes that I wear in a plethora of scenarios. From nicer events in church to walking shoes in the gym, Vivo has a shoe for that. You guys can start to strengthen your feet and become a better runner today by wearing Vivo Barefoots. You guys can get 15% off your order with code TheRunningEffect15 at VivoBarefoot.com. I've also left a link in the show notes, and I always love to share my experience of wearing Vivo Barefoot. So if you guys have any questions, don't hesitate to shoot me a DM on Instagram or an email, and I'll be happy to provide my experience of wearing this incredible product. Hey friends, just a quick note before we hop into today's episode of the podcast. Majority of you guys listening right now have not given us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and it takes legitimately between five and 10 seconds to hit the follow button, hit the five-star review button. So I'd greatly appreciate you guys doing so if you have not done so already. And then something all of you guys can do right now is share today's episode with a friend, a family member, a teammate, someone who you think would find value and benefit from it. I would greatly appreciate you guys doing that, sharing the podcast, sharing today's episode with someone because through that we can expand the show and reach new people and hopefully through that inspire them in the process. Without further ado, let's get into today's conversation. Juliet Whitaker, welcome to the Running Effect podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing good. Yeah, thanks for having me. For those who don't know, you live in Maryland at least part of the year when you're not at school at Stanford. What are some of your favorite parts about Maryland and living there? Um, I think I like that it has like a perfect blend between like having lots of like trails and a lot of nature but also like the cities like Baltimore and then even just being close to like DC so I like to kind of you know mix it up each day because you know I like being able to go on a hike but I also love like walking around a city and going to museums and stuff so Maryland I feel like has a good in-between mix of both of them so you're going into your sophomore year of college if I'm not mistaken is it cool being able to come back home during like summer training and during, you know, breaks or whatnot, uh, if you're able to with how crazy the sports season is and running is always back to back to back. But is it cool to go back home where you started running and like, I'm sure, you know, run on the track where you grew up and run on the trails that you used to do your easy runs on? Like, what's that experience like? Yeah, it's definitely very just like nostalgic, just like even like just doing the loops that I used to just like do in the neighborhood or go to the trails that I used to run at. It's like, weird how far I've come since the last time or even just like the first time I ran in all of those places. Um, but I don't know, it's very like, I feel like it's very centering to just like go back to where it all started and just like remember why I started and where I started um, and kind of not forget that part of the journey because it was definitely a pretty important part. If there was a, a visitor or someone listening to this podcast and they were like going to where you grew up in Maryland, what would be like your number one recommendation spot to hit? Ooh, that's hard. Probably like Patapsco State Park. Um, yeah, great trails, very big, um, have done tons of runs on it, have done a lot of hiking with my family on it. So it just brings back a lot of good memories and it's pretty beautiful stuff. So. 
Speaking of your family, I didn't know this until like two days ago when I was doing some research for today's conversation. You always think you know a lot about someone and then you read more and you're like, oh, I didn't know that. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but both of your parents ran track at Georgetown. And then I think you have an older brother who ran at Yale or some distinguished university. Take me through what it was like growing up in that family. Yeah, it was definitely pretty exciting. Um, yeah, definitely had a lot to live up to because I, I have three older siblings and an older sister um, who also is running right now at UPenn. So definitely was pretty surrounded by just like running in general. Um, but I actually had like a later start. I I knew that my parents ran when I was younger, but I didn't really know like a ton about it. Um, and I started just like swimming. Um, so I started swimming when I was like six and I swam for about like seven years before I actually started running, which was in high school. So to me, like my whole world was like swimming. So I didn't really think about like, you know, my parents past and running or even like my older siblings, like um, careers in running either until kind of high school when I started to go to a lot of their meets and also just like see how exciting it seemed. Um, and I just like wanted to try it out and just see, you know, what I could do in the sport. So yeah, definitely like grew up around running, but not really immersed in, in it until like uh, high school. So are you the youngest in the Whitaker family? Yes, so yeah, I'm the baby. Do you like it or no? <laughs> yes, I love it. Okay, I'm the <laughs> youngest in my I family and I love it too. Oh, I get the yeah. same thing all the time. <laughs> Do you, yep, do you get time. it? Uh, what, do the, what do my older siblings say? The number one thing I hear and other youngest people I think here is um, like, mom and dad, didn't you used to do that with me when I was your age? Like it's uh, normally the parents are less strict as the kids go on. And I'm like, yes, sex to be yes. you. <laughs> yeah, my siblings are always telling me that. And I was like, well, uh, it's not my choice. They're, they're letting me do these things. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can you take me through your transition from swimming into competitive running? I know you shared a little bit in your previous response, but if you could go a little bit deeper into your start in the sport and falling in love with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely it kind of started from like a bit of like kind of just like burnt out feeling in swimming. I like had loved swimming and had been doing it for a while, but it just started to like consume kind of my whole life and just my whole identity. And I think I really just wanted like a new start and a fresh start, um, especially just like going into high school. I just realized I was kind of done with the sport of swimming um, and wanted to try something new. So I had a little like bit of history with running just in middle school, like our middle school cross country team and like girls in the run 5Ks in fifth grade and like fourth grade, but um, nothing really that serious and never really training like for running. I was usually just like swimming and then I'd go to like races on the side um, for cross country. So for high school, I decided to just like make the switch and just like fully like give all my time and like effort to running um, alone. And yeah, it definitely was exciting. I started off obviously just like with cross country in the fall. So I think when I started running, I in my head, I was like, oh, I'm going to be like a distance runner, you know, like 5K, like two mile. Um, and then like as soon as we hit like indoor track and I realized that there were like distances shorter than that and that I could do like the 800 and the mile I like fell in love which is like mid distance and yeah kind of the rest is history. At what point did you realize that running was something you were particularly gifted in and what was that like shifting moment for you where it went from participating in the sport to being like oh my gosh I'm pretty darn good at this thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think kind of throughout like freshman year, like little glimpses of like races and like um, times that I was hitting would kind of show a little like what my potential could be in this sport. But I feel like for me, like the kind of 
like defining factor was like probably my freshman year uh new balance nationals i ran like the 800 and i was very nervous like had never been to such a big meet and yeah it was pretty intense but i ran the 800 and i ran like 205 um and i think that was just like way faster than i like would have ever even like imagined i think like probably my first 800 like in indoor was probably like i don't even know like 215 or 210 or something um so to like PR and get down to like 205 was really exciting. It's actually funny because in that meet, um, Michaela, I got second and Michaela Rose was first. So it kind of <laughs> feels like when I raced her, it like feels like back to like freshman year, um, New Balance Nationals, which is funny. But yeah, I'd say that race kind of just like showed what I was capable of and kind of, I don't know, kind of just like taught me to like not really put limits on myself. Because I think going into that meet, like I would have never said that I was going to run like a 205 or even get second. And just, like, I feel like having the belief that that was possible, like, helped me a ton. Um, so I think, like, after that, I just, like, kind of learned, like, you know, maybe I wasn't expecting to, like, go into this meet and, like, PR by three seconds. But, like, it's totally possible. Like, I've done it before. So I think that's kind of helped me just honestly throughout my whole, like, running career um, to just, like, step up to every line and not really, like, put a time that's, like, going to limit my, like, capabilities or, like, the possibilities of what I could reach. Yeah, what were some of those other big mindset shifts or just other shifts that happened between your freshman year in high school and your senior year of high school when you left high school competitive running? Yeah, oh gosh, I feel like I learned a lot during that time. But I think probably the biggest thing um, was probably like during COVID, like probably like my my sophomore year to like junior year. I think I at first was struggling a lot just like not having the motivation to like get out the door and go on a run when I had no idea when my next race was going to be. And I think it kind of like changed my mindset from like, like, I I think I just really found my love again for the sport because, you know, before that, before like COVID and everything, like I feel like my sophomore year after like the freshman year that I had, like, I think that whole sophomore year, I was like just constantly having like these like goals, like numerical goals or like even um, just like placements and like accomplishments and stuff. And I think I fo- I was focusing like a little too much on those things, um, which I don't think is bad because I think like goals are great. Um, but I think I was just focusing too much on like the smaller things that I don't know, didn't really like show the full story. And so I think in the beginning of COVID, especially like I kind of, you know, because we weren't racing a ton, like I kind of had to forget about all of those like goals that were surrounding like accomplishments and times and places and instead like focus on more goals like just getting better throughout the whole like journey and just like finding my love again for the sport um and just like yeah having fun just like going out for a run and like not focusing on like a time or something like that um so I think that really helped because even you know obviously we're out of COVID now for the most part and like you know we have more races on the schedule and things like that and I think I've kind of kept that mentality of like not always focusing so much on like the times themselves or like the placements or yeah, medals and things like that. But instead just like seeing, you know, how I can show up to the line and like be confident and like that would be my win or that would be my goal and like things like that more so. On the podcast, I'm kind of blown away by your response there. And here's why I'll explain it. On the podcast, I've gotten the privilege of speaking with so many accomplished individuals, many of who have come from Stanford. But the ones who are in their best years of running and their professional years of running, when they reflect on their college years, they talk about all these different pitfalls and traps. And I'm not saying your life is sunshine and rainbows, but point being your growth mindset there is incredibly 
I don't know, I'm very impressed by it that you've learned that kind of stuff at such a young age. Whereas a lot of people who I talk to, it takes them years in the sport to kind of get to that place where they view it that way. So for you, where do you think some of these different mindset shifts have happened? Has it been a coach? Has it been, you know, friends? Has it been a mentor? Can you kind of take me through how you've gotten to this place? Because I feel like it's a journey to get there. When you first get in the sport, it's all about time and placement and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think definitely a lot of it has to be like attributed to just like my family and like my parents specifically. Yeah. Like throughout high school, I think I was always putting a lot of pressure on myself, but like I never felt the pressure from my parents at all. Um, you know, they always were just like so excited and just like wanted me to do my best and like never asked anything more. And I think that kind of helped because like, I think for a lot of people, like it's their coaches or their parents or just like outside expectations that are kind of making them feel like, oh, like I have to get this time or I have to get this place. And for me, you know, obviously with the media and things like that, you know, I kind of could felt that, you know, um, going to like bigger meets and stuff and just seeing like all the headlines and things like that. But at least from like my personal like um, kind of bubble and my space that I have with like my family and my support team, um, I never really felt it from that, um, which I think really just yeah shaped my like goal sets and also just like the way that my parents like never wanted me to just like be kind of just not never wanted my identity to just like fall completely into like how I performed on the track. Um, you know, I think they did a good job of like, you know, when I didn't race great, you know, they would be there to like pick me up and kind of show that I was a lot more than like the, the like running itself and those mistakes and those like um, challenges. But also like even when I did race well, also like they were obviously so excited and stuff, but also was like, but you're also so much more than these like accomplishments. Um, so I think that helped a lot, just not focusing so much on like the times and the places, um, but instead like who I am as like an athlete and like more so even a person. Diving deeper into that, that's a, a concept that I hear quite frequently on the podcast is um, people struggling with their identity and separating it from the sport. And I hear all the time from listeners when a race doesn't go well, it just ruins their whole life because their identity is fully in the sport. And it's a very hard process to separate your identity from the sport when it's something that you care so deeply about and invest so much time into. And um, previous podcast guest, Andrew Weeding, he said something really interesting that I love. He said, um, running is something you do. It is not who you are. Uh, and I really, I think that nails it on the head. So for you, what would be some advice to a listener who is listening? They're like, Oh, my identity is a little too tied up in the sport, but I don't quite know where to start. What would you tell them? Yeah, I would definitely tell them first off that like, it is by no means like easy to like kind of have that kind of mindset. Like I'm still struggling myself, but I would say for the most part, like just kind of remembering, yeah, like you said, like running takes up so much of your time and your effort. And like, it's easy to feel like that's like all you are. But I think I've always just had to remind myself that like, yeah, it takes up a lot of who I am, but it's not all of who I am. And like, I'm so much more than that. And I think for me having like hobbies outside of running or just like passions outside of running or just like things to do outside of running that like your whole life isn't running um has helped me a lot like even if it's just like I'm a very social person so like I love hanging out with friends and family and stuff like that um which I think has helped me a ton just kind of you know step away from like the running world and not to not always be so like immersed in it but also to like find things like outside of it and like things that I love to do outside of it and I think that has definitely helped yeah like you said like when when your whole life is running and like when you feel like your whole identity is running it's easy to like it, it just makes those lows so much more low. Like if you have a bad race, like you feel like completely hopeless and like kind of 
like you have nothing else really going for you but I think when you have more of like a balanced mindset and just like kind of focus on running as like just what you do you know those those tough races like obviously they're still pretty hard to like get through but to know that you can kind of like get you have those tough races but also like realize that you there's so much more to you and who you are outside of the running um has helped me a ton so yeah the Juliet Whitaker and Roisin Willis show. When did it start? I feel like I remember it starting senior year of high school, but when was the official beginning of it? Yeah, I think um, it definitely, I think senior year was when it really like blossomed kind of, but I think junior year is really when we first like kind of met and like we kind of just like clicked and just like, yeah, kind of just like became friends then was probably in at Virginia Showcase um, our junior year. I like... I knew who Roisin was, but we hadn't really like talked a ton, but she DM'd me on like Instagram and her and Bailey Goggins were like trying to organize this like four by eight all-star relay because obviously like during this time, this was COVID. So a lot of people weren't running for their teams and stuff. So we were like, oh, let's just do like a relay of like us. Um, So us three plus Sophia Gorion like all ran a four by eight together um, in like March, I think of my junior year I don't know what year that is 2021 (laughs) I guess yeah (laughs) and so that's when we kind of like officially met for the first time we like raced we all raced the open 800 um I think it was like the Friday night and then on Saturday we all came together and raced together on the relay which was such a cool experience and I loved it um and yeah I thought it was just so cool to like be on a team with people that I was usually racing against and like competitors with um, and I think like a lot of that, like I owe to like Roisin for just kind of like organizing it a lot. And we just kind of, yeah, kind of hit it off from there. And then we would see each other like um, at meets, like after that and stuff. But then I think like senior year, well, I guess end of junior year, we both made it to the trials, um, which was like such a cool experience, but also like obviously such like a hard and nerve wracking experience. So to have like Roisin and Sophia too, um, right there with me, just like, made it like so much easier and like just gave me so much more confidence so we kind of like grew a lot from that experience and then you know had a ton of like officials together and more meets we ran out together like at the armory milrose and uh new balance nationals and things like that so yeah our relationship kind of just like grew closer and closer and then when we decided to go to stanford obviously um that was just such an exciting moment And it wasn't really something I think we both were like expecting out of like our college recruiting process. Like we, we said multiple times, like we we would have FaceTimes and talk about, you know, the process and how it was going for each other. And it definitely, we like never wanted it to feel like, you know, like, oh, if you choose this school, then I have to go there too. Or like stuff like that. Like we kind of both understood that like, it would be amazing if we could go to the same school, but we also understood that like, different schools work for different people and we didn't really want to base our like decision you know off of this one person who might be going to the school so we both kind of just like made our decisions like separately and they happened to be the same I was second so Roisin decided first um so I was second and I definitely you know that was that was a pro when she committed there so I was like (laughs) okay you know that that's pretty awesome um but I was already like leaning towards it um, and choosing Stanford and stuff so when it kind of just all came together and just like worked perfectly like yeah, it was just very exciting. I think in sports culture throughout history, way before my time, uh, way before 2005, the number one and two of any position or in the sport, any event, 
I feel like are always propped up against each other. For you, what do you think was the difference with you and Roisin where it seemed like right off the bat you guys were friends and throughout your senior year and, and now as teammates, obviously on Stanford, it makes more sense when you're teammates, but like people viewed you guys as teammates before you were teammates. What do you think was the difference maker for you guys that made people be like, oh my gosh, they're running with each other as opposed to they're the top two, they're racing each other, even though you were racing each other, you know what I mean? Right, right. No, I totally get what you mean. And we've been asked that a lot. I feel like people always like wanted us to have like beef like everyone was always like you know like are you guys really competitive and like we were like no like we really aren't like obviously we're racing each other and obviously we each want to do our best and you know most days like we hope that our best is like the win um but you know some days we just like don't have it in us and so I think we kind of always like knew that and, and like acknowledged that and like remembered that but I think for us we we're just such close friends like off the track um that it like helped a ton just like when we stepped up to the line to not like be so incredibly like competitive with each other and like i think a big part to like attribute um to that is kind of just we both understood like how much work and how much like dedication and sacrifice you have to put in to like be at this level um and so we both kind of understood that because we both knew you know how much like I knew that like however much I was working like Roisin was working just as hard um so I think we both kind of just had that like mutual just like um kind of like acknowledgement and agreement for each other that you know obviously like we want to do the best that we can and like hopefully that's a win but also like we it'd be like an injustice not to like acknowledge the fact that like the other person is working so hard too um just because we know how hard this is and how hard the sport is and just to like be racing at this level with um you know the expectations and like pressures that we have um so i think kind of just trying to remember that if for each race that we had and every race that we had if, whether it was running against each other or just like cheering for each other and supporting each other um yeah i think we just like had just such like utmost just like admiration for each other that yeah it kind of just like helped you know to be the best of friends and also the best of like competitors how would you sum up that final year of high school where if I were to list all of your accomplishments, we'd probably be here for five minutes. But as you mentioned earlier on, um, I think this actually may have been junior year, but you qualified for the Olympic trials. Uh, you broke two. I know your senior years when you had, gosh, I'm forgetting. Now I sound like an idiot, but like the world U20 championships maybe yeah. and Roisin won. And I think yeah. you got second with her. Bottom line, you did some remarkable things in high school that haven't been done before. So what would you sum up that like final year or two of high school like? Yeah, it was definitely like, I think for the most part, like the word that always comes to my mind, like just thinking of like from the trials at the end of junior year, just like throughout the whole year um, for senior year is just like the word like experience. Cause I think I just gained so much experience from like all the opportunities that I had and was given, like just running at the trials, like racing all these professional women who I have like looked up to and like, you know, idolized for like my whole like running career, um, just to be able to stand on the line with them, like was such an incredible experience to have and like to learn from and just to kind of like gain in my confidence and growth. And I think also, you know, throughout like having worlds like U20s with Roisin, um, also just like gained a ton of experience, um, just like racing rounds and things like that, things that I had never really done before. And I, so, yeah, I think from all that, I just kind of grew and learned so much from like those past two years that I was able to kind of, you know, use for a ton like this year and hopefully we'll use, you know, for years to come. What was the biggest decision maker when you were deciding to go to college what made Stanford stand out to you that made it special and you're like you know I, I gotta go to the farm 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, there were a lot of things, but I think the one thing that always comes to mind is just like the people. I like remember when I went on my visit and I just like fell in love with like the team and the coaches and just the amazing like support staff and everyone there at Stanford. And I think, you know, I kind of throughout the whole like recruiting process, it was definitely pretty tricky just like trying to like remember like what I really wanted to get out of a college um, and what I wanted the college to have and not really get like distracted by like big names or other people um, and like what they wanted or expected me like me to go to like what schools I they thought I was going to go to but kind of just remember like what I really wanted um, and I think like relationships are just so important to me and you know obviously like running is like so tough and so hard but having like a group of people surrounding me and supporting me and just like being able to go on runs with and just kind of go through all of the day-to-day -day, like challenges and obstacles um having that group of people to do that with like makes all the difference for me and makes it just like a lot more like a lot easier and a lot more doable um so i think yeah for me like it was definitely just having that team who you know everyone there is like so incredibly accomplished and so talented in the sport um so to kind of have that to look up to and also like push me every day in practice um was such like a big thing for me when you were talking about your team and community there it reminded me of the quote that i'm known for saying probably too often uh for frequent listeners of the podcast <laughs> that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with which i think is absolutely true for you when you reflect on your career or even where you're at present day how much do you think to how much the individuals on your team, your parents, all the different people in your life have pushed you forward, both in sport and in life? Gosh, yeah. I mean, I think like always, you know, um, when you think of running, like you think about it being like an individual sport where you're just kind of running for yourself. And I think one thing that I've learned like over these past few years is just how much of a team sport running really is. Um, just like, yeah, with my family, with my teammates, even just like with my competitors and coaches, um, you know, you really are just like shaped with who you surround yourself with. And um, they really like can help boost you and help support you so much in ways that you never really knew maybe they could or even knew you needed. Um, so I think like over these past few years, I've just really like realized the importance of like having such a good support system kind of with you through it all, the highs and the lows. Feel free to take as much time as you want or need. Uh, but your freshman year, as the kids would say these days, was an absolute movie. Of course, there were, had its fair share of ups <laughs> and downs, but I feel like you were just crushing it on all cylinders. So can you take me through your first year at Stanford? Um, I know you didn't do cross country, although I'd love to see you rip a 6K sometime. Um, so your fall all the way up <laughs> through indoor, outdoor, everything you did accomplished. You don't have to go through like every race or meet, but just like the big bullet points that you feel like would fill in the details. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you say that because, yeah, last year I did not do cross country, but I think I will be doing it this year. Really? Um, so, yeah, that'll that'll be cool. It'll be a little interesting, a little different, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I'd say definitely like indoor when I think of like the indoor season, like I can't help but like just not fully just think about, you know, indoor NCAAs. Um, it was definitely like the hardest meet I have ever competed in just all the rounds, the back-to-back, -back, like 30 minutes in between, like the 800 and the DMR, just like such little time in between. But it was like such a cool experience and just like such a like a life-changing weekend, honestly, like boosted so much of my confidence and just like, yeah, just, it was just such a, such a joyful like experience, especially like the DMR, if that really stands out to me just from my whole like indoor season. 
um, because it was pretty special just like getting together, you know, with three other girls from our team that like I looked up to a ton, um, you know, Mel, Maya and Roisin. And it was so cool to just be able to come together and kind of, you know, run and compete for something so much greater than just ourselves, but for like our team and just like Stanford in general, honestly, I think a ton of the like like text messages and stuff that I received after nationals were from so many like alum of Stanford and they were all like, you know, like, oh, like we tried so hard to like get that, like, you know, that get that win. You know, we had so many like close seconds that were so close to winning um, and just never quite did it. So I think to feel all that support after we like um, won, especially because that was a goal of ours for pretty much the whole indoor season that we all just like wanted. And we like the night before nationals, actually, we like made a bunch of like little like posters not even posters but we just like had a bunch of paper and markers and we just kind of like wrote down like anything that was coming to our mind like just goals we had just like we we drew a national like championship um the trophy we drew it on like one of the pieces of paper and it was like for our dmr and we just like were all so excited and just like we all shared that goal which helped a ton because you know even if i you know, didn't fully believe in like my capabilities. Like I knew I had a whole team behind me who were supporting me and also believed so much in me um, that it was hard not to believe in myself to get that win. And so we all just, just having them, like, I mean, they, they gave me such a big start. I, or like lead, I obviously, you know, was close to losing it. Um, but so I like, yeah, I would be like very, I, I, it would be horrible of me to say to like to not you know thank them for like their like great legs and everything and that race um definitely cannot have done it without them so yeah that was definitely a a highlight of the indoor season and outdoor i'd say was definitely not as it, it maybe didn't seem as much of like an accomplishment because you know i obviously didn't have like an indoor you know i could kind of look at my indoor season and like you know i had like one championship trophy from um the dmr and then my second place finish in the 800 and then even our like our fourth place finish overall as a team so i kind of had those reminders of like how successful of a season that was and for outdoor i didn't quite have that as much but i would not say that it was like any more of like a um kind of like disappointment than indoor like obviously didn't have like those trophies didn't have like a championship title um by the end of outdoor but like i learned a ton and i grew a lot and i also tried like a lot of new things um, I think a lot of people were like confused and surprised maybe that um, I chose to do like the 1500 for regionals and hopefully nationals. Um, a lot of people were kind of just like, why? Like, why are you doing that? And I think, um, you know, me and my coach had a lot of conversations about it and just kind of like, kind of like going, bouncing between both events um, and seeing which one would make the most sense. And I like as much as I wish I could have gone further, like in the 1500, I definitely don't regret doing the 15. I think I, le I learned a lot. I think the one thing that was like most nerve wracking for me going into running the 1500 was that, you know, I felt like I didn't have enough experience running, you know, tactical 1500s. Like we see a ton in like in college running, especially like with rounds and everything. Um, and my coach just kept reminding me that like, the only way I'm going to get experience is to do it. So, you know, I'm, I'm still so happy that I did it because I gained so much experience and just like so much knowledge from racing those, those two rounds um, at regionals that if, you know, I had chosen to do the 800, then next year we would have probably been in a similar boat um, torn between the 15 and the eight and, you know, still feeling like I didn't have a ton of experience in the 15. So yeah, I'm still definitely pretty happy that um, 
I decided to go with the 15 and it also we were kind of trying to look forward just like to the future because definitely like the overall goal of like the outdoor season was for USA's and so it felt like doing the 1500 I would gain like a lot of strength especially that I could use from the for the rounds for USA's just having those three rounds of the 800 um so I think yeah that also was definitely like a benefit of choosing the 1500 um and I luckily still got to go to like nationals in the four by four which was a very cool experience um definitely obviously wanted to go in an individual race but yeah kind of yeah like I said like learned a lot from that experience and then USA's also didn't go quite as how I wanted um yeah falling a few steps before the finish in the semifinal was far from my imaginations and dreams of that weekend but again you know obviously I obviously not saying that like like for both of these like nationals and like USA is like I'm not saying like after like disappointing things like to always like find the positive because sometimes it just like sucks like falling just sucked um and like yeah as much as immediately after as much as I like wanted to be like oh but like you know at least I got here and at least I did this and things like that you know it's definitely like yeah for a few days I just had to like just sit there with it and just be like man that like really sucked I think if anything like it just makes me have so much more there are so many more dreams for next year and just like goals um that I really hope that I can like achieve um because I feel like I kind of fell short a little more than I wanted to this past year um specifically just like in the outdoor season but yeah I I definitely going into USA's I think um also sorry I'm like completely rambling but no, this is awesome <laughs> going <laughs> yeah so like going into USA's I think like the, the two goals I had, I'll say, like, probably two goals, yeah. Two main goals were, like, to make the final, but also to just, like, walk up to the meet and, like, walk into the meet, which is, like, kind of, like, with a big goal that I want to, like, set my eyes on, which was making that final. Um, and I feel like because for junior year when I ran at the trials, I was, like, so excited just to be at the meet that I didn't really think about goals once I got to the meet. Like, I was, like, the win is to just be here, like, you know, I'm going to race as well as I can. And like, who who knows what will happen and who cares what will happen? Honestly, that was kind of my mindset, which I obviously like, I, I honestly don't think that was like bad. You know, my first like senior race, um, like US championship kind of race, that was my first one. So I think kind of going into that meet, like, I think I would have done worse, honestly, if I went into it with more expectations and more pressure. Um, so I was happy with that kind of like perspective to go into the meet, but this time around, just cause it was my second time around and I kind of had felt like I've, I've done this before. I've been here before. Um, I kind of just like really wanted to come to the meet and just like do something while I was there. Um, and not just like be there and definitely also fell a little short of that goal. Um, cause I, you know, didn't feel like I did as much, um, just because I didn't make the final and that was kind of my main goal. But I also, you know, I think it really helped me a ton just like learning just like tactics um still have a lot to improve on I tend to I tend to always run out in like lane two <laughs> because I'm just like so scared of like getting boxed in and like not being able to find my way out and like my coach is always talking to me about it and I, yeah I always know I'm doing it during the race but I don't know it's something in me it, it, I just can't get into the rail so learning things like that um, at the meet, like I still like gained so much from that experience. And honestly, just had like a great time um, with a lot of my teammates who were there. And like even just like watching the races, like after, you know, I was done racing, like going back that Sunday to like watch all those championship races. I think 
I think it's important to like remember and like just try and keep these like meets and experiences like fun more than anything you know like it's obviously hard when I have like these big goals you know obviously like what we were talking about before like if my mindset was that like I was only a runner like I think I definitely would have been a lot more distraught after these races because I would have just really felt um, kind of empty and just like hopeless um, but I think because I have kind of a different mindset I was able to really just like enjoy the meet um, outside of just like myself and my own um, accomplishments but just like you know watch all these talented individuals um, and be able to like cheer for my teammates and friends um, so yeah overall it was a great experience um, I'm hoping since I've fallen once in a race then that means it won't happen again that's that's how my mindset is um so hopefully something like that does not happen again and yeah i'm just like that much more excited for next year especially just being like an olympic trials year what are the biggest lessons off the top of your head that you learned in year one of stanford um i think like one thing is just like the reminder that this past year gave me to like just race competitively i think like in high school i was definitely more so just kind of I don't know in races like it felt like I always needed to have like like a goal of like a time or something like that but I feel like in college just racing against so many like competitive people but also just like having so many like competitive meets like like championship style meets where like there are rounds and there are like all these other things that like it doesn't really matter what time you run but it's like the race itself and I think I kind of learned more just like how to really race and like put yourself in a like in it and um just kind of like yeah like tactically like make a lot of like good moves and like um smart moves and things like that so i think like that's one lesson i definitely learned is just to like like forget about time forget about place like just race you've mentioned your coach a few times here uh coach clark i feel like i've heard so many amazing things about him can you speak to the influence he's had on you and also some of the lessons you've learned from him under his tutelage this past year yeah yeah i think definitely yeah i i you know loved him during the recruiting process and just like knew that um he would just be the perfect fit for me and you know that opinion has not changed at all like i'm i'm so happy um to be coached by him and you know obviously he has so much history in the sport and so much knowledge from the sport um which makes you know makes trusting him that much easier um and i'd say I definitely, one thing that I learned, I think a lot from him was just like the importance of strength and speed, like throughout a lot of high school, like for the most part, like I was more kind of training like strength based and like distance based, but then like for races, you know, I dropped down to like the 800 or the mile. Um, So I was doing a lot more like longer reps, longer runs um, and just like things like that, like a lot higher volume. Um, and I think coming to Stanford, like, and being trained under Coach Clark, I think I, he kind of has taught me, like, how important it is to also get in that, like, speed aspect, like, not to, like, forget about the strength aspect, because obviously that's also just as important, but also to just, like, work on things like form and, like, turnover and quick, like, feet and things like that. Um, so I think that's helped me a ton. Like, I've definitely dropped, I've, like, PR'd a ton um, in my, like, open 400 and, like, 400 splits and stuff like that. And I think, a lot of that has to do with just now the shifted focus um, on more like speed and just like more intensity. I'd say like one thing um, that I love about Coach Clark and one thing that like um, has helped me a ton this past year um, was kind of just that Coach Clark is like 
really reminds you that you're so much more like we were talking about earlier so much more than like being just a runner and you know he was always there to support me after some tough races and you know I was like crying a lot after like um regionals the 1500 like not making it and you know he obviously like let me cry and let me feel like those emotions but also was like like okay now like let let's move on like like you know what you can fix like yeah you know what you can improve on now let's like move on and let's just like try and do the best that we can at usa's so kind of just like not dwelling in like my mistakes but just kind of like helping me always like push forward and like make new goals um even if like the other ones didn't go as well um so i think that's definitely been a really nice perspective that he's kind of showed me over this past year when you think back to this past summer spring winter what is one of the most brutal coach clark workouts that you survived there have been a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say probably, well, okay, two come to my mind. One was in cross country. I am not a big fan of like cross country training or tempos or anything like that, as most, you know, mid D runners would probably say. Um, and one day we had like this like tempo and hill kind of workout and it was like a three mile tempo. And then I forget how many hill repeats, but these like long, like grass. They're not even that grad. They're 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 pretty steep, honestly, for being so long and gradual. And then back into like another three mile tempo. And that I was like so nervous for that. I was like, this is like any 800 meters meter runners like worst nightmare. Like this this is horrible. And I definitely would not say that I enjoyed it, but I did get through it. And it definitely like boosted a lot of my confidence and just like showed me okay like you know I can I can train like a cross-country runner I can do tempos and I can do hill repeats so that helped a lot but was definitely not a fun fun experience at all but uh in the track season we did like a lot of like fast like 500s or like 600s um so yeah we would do like a fast like say some sort of variation of and like any sort of like kind of race pace like kind of intense um workout and then we would finish with this like ladder that I absolutely hate and is so hard. And it doesn't sound like it would be that hard, which I think is what always gets me. Cause I'm always like, oh, like how hard could this be? You know, like it's only a 100, um, but basically it's like four by 100, three by 100, two by 100, one by 100. And it's pretty much like, it's not quite all out. It's more like kind of 400 to 800 meter pace. Um, for each 100 but you you run the 100 and then like literally turn around and immediately go back for the next one uh-huh. and then in between each of like the four three two one you get like 45 seconds i think so it, it's a very it goes by really fast but it is just such a hard workout and i i think it's just like the con- like the constant like just turn around and like go like when you're like tired and all you want to do is just like get on the ground or like kneel like or something like that like you just have to like turn around and just like go and do it again and just the fact that it's like it goes down to like from four three two one it just like keeps going and yeah that was definitely one of the most brutal workouts that i did and most people on the team also like hate that workout so yeah definitely not fun you mentioned the trials next year how often does paris cross your mind these days um yeah i mean it's hard to to kind of ignore it because I feel like just like Paris Olympics like it's everywhere and it's talked about everywhere and just like being an Olympic year like it just comes up a lot but I've definitely thought about it a ton um you know especially after like this USA's I think like like on the way back on the plane like I was kind of just like reflecting on like the whole weekend as a whole 
Um, and I was like, you know, which is like with my disappointment, I also was just like trying to be so hopeful and I couldn't help but just like make some big goals for like next year. And like, um, you know, one of those was just like doing really well and the best that I could um, at the trials next year. And like, you know, obviously like the Olymp Olympics has always been like a huge goal of mine, but it's also always felt like such a distant goal. Um, so for like the Olympics to be coming up like next year, I'm just like, honestly, just so excited to see like what I can do at the trials and yeah, just kind of try and, you know, redeem myself after this past year. <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up you signing an NIL deal. If I'm not mistaken, you were on running's first NIL deal in the NCAA. Can you take me through this whole process and what it means to you to kind of be a pillar in this community? Yeah, um, it was definitely a very cool like experience to go through just like throughout the whole process it kind of felt like um i was doing the whole like recruiting like college process all over again because i was like talking to different like um brands you know like even at nationals when we were in texas like on like the friday that i wasn't racing like i met with like four different brands um just like in the city and so it definitely like felt like you know back to kind of like those home visits and things like that but it was really cool and um, I was really excited just to like get started in NIL like you know it's definitely a pretty new you know thing that was just kind of you know up and coming and not a lot of people I mean now more people have signed but you know when I was looking like not a ton of people had signed yet like I think it was pretty much just like Caitlin Tui and Charles and so it was definitely like a new space that I wasn't really sure what it was going to be like but I knew that I like wanted to be part of it um, and I was just like excited to just kind of be able to you know not give up like the NCAA um experience just because like I I gained so much from it this past year and I couldn't imagine having to cut that short but also not wanting to you know cut my dreams of like you know other like my bigger goals like not having to cut those and like put those aside um so I think you know having like the NIL experience was kind of just the perfect in between and perfect mix of what I wanted just to stay in the NCAA but also you know work to like brand myself and you know, get paid for like, you know, doing what I was already going to be doing. And yeah, I'm excited. Just like, I, I still don't really know what quite it's going to look like, but I'm excited, you know, just like using like social media and just like hoping to give more of like my, like put more of myself and my story out there. So it's not just like who I am on the track, but also like who I am off of it. And just like being able to kind of build my brand on like my social media and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to be signing with, um, well, to have signed with on. Um, I, I, when I first like had my conversation with them and my first like Zoom call with them, like I just really like gained such a strong sense of how much they cared about me as like a person and not just an athlete, but they were like constantly asking, you know, what I like to do outside of running and, you know, what I want to do with my life, like outside of running and just kind of like off the track and what bigger goals I have. Um, and I really just like appreciated that perspective um, because obviously like for me, that's always been like a huge part of who I am is just like not placing my whole identity in running. So to, for them to kind of see that too and um, kind of, yeah, just like want the best for me off and off and on the track was so cool. And I think it's just so cool to be part of a brand that's so up and coming. Um, you know, I, I was talking to a few other brands who are, are definitely like more established brands and you know while that would have been cool i think it's really cool just to be a part of something that's so new and just like you know kind of helping to like build and just kind of shape the brand instead of just already kind of being in a brand that was already like shaped and already built 
Um, so yeah, that's really exciting for me. And yeah, I'm just excited to see like where it takes me. Um, and just to have this opportunity, I'm like so grateful. I've talked to so many like pros and like just people who are like now removed from college who were like, man, like I wish this was a thing, <laughs> you know, when I was in college. And I was like, yeah, like honestly, like I can't, it, it, it's crazy to me that it wasn't a thing before. And it just makes me so much more grateful to, for it to be a thing now. Um, and something that I'm able to like use, um, and just like, yeah, kind of benefit from. To those who have listened to our conversation today and are inspired by you and your story, what would be one final takeaway message you want our listeners to walk away with? I mean, I think I'd say just like as another piece of advice for like the younger generation, I I definitely looked up to a ton of people and a ton of runners like um, and I still do. I'm like still, you know, fangirling over so many pros and like looking up to so many people. Um, and I, that's always been my goal to kind of be that person for someone else who's looking up to me, um, specifically just like girls in the sport. And so one piece of advice I'd try and give them would probably just be, it's so cliche and so basic, but just like have fun. I think so many times when I wasn't running my best, it was because I really just had lost my joy for the sport and just didn't feel like I was having fun anymore. But as soon as like, you know, I just found joy and just like going out on a run, being in nature, um, you know, getting to run with my teammates and just have great conversations. Like as soon as I remembered, like to just have that fun and love for the sport, I, um, you know, was racing better, was like running better, training better. And I think it just helps so much to just like have fun in the sport. So, yeah, I guess that would be my advice is just just have fun with it. Juliet, I've loved our conversation today. One final question to top it off. The question I ask every guest on every episode, if you had Gordon Ramsay coming over to your house for dinner, what would you choose to make for him? Oh, what would I choose to make for him? Yeah, you're you're the cook. You're in the kitchen. I'm the cook. Oh, well, first, I think I would request him to make me something. <laughs> um, but if I had to make him something, um, oh, that is so hard. But I think I would make... This was like a just like a staple meal that I would make like every day in quarantine. Like for lunch, I would always make just like this pasta with like olive oil, some pesto, some like cut up tomatoes, mozzarella and like Italian sausage. And I would just like kind of put it in like a giant bowl and eat it. And it's it's definitely not fancy. It's pretty simple. That sounds amazing. But it was just like so good. Yeah, it was delicious. That sounds absolutely fantastic. Like, I don't know. Any type of pasta always gets me. I think it's just a runner's thing. So, Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, Julia, thank you so much for coming on the show today, sharing your story. I can't wait to see you crush it in the years to come. Appreciate you. And uh, I guess looking forward to seeing you on the grass this fall. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been an awesome conversation and I've had so much fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I don't take your time for granted, so I hope that it brought you some wisdom and value that you can apply directly into your running and into your life. If you have not already done so, please consider giving us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And then something all of you guys can do is share today's episode or the podcast in general with a friend or someone who you think will benefit from it. One more note, if you're not already following us on Instagram, consider doing so. My Instagram tag is at the running effect. I hope your running and life is going well. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy life to listen to today's episode. I will catch you in two days when the next episode drops. Until then, happy running.